Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. We're hours away from the next ministerial meeting between OPEC Plus to kick off a rather busy week for commodity markets. But heading into the fourth quarter, markets are becoming more wary of impending power shortages in China and Europe, mostly linked to shortages of natural gas and coal. But how did we get to these potential shortages, and what risks do these pose to the global economy heading into the winter months? Well, today on Money FM 89.3, we're joined by Mr. Warren Patterson, the head of commodity strategy at ING, to help us better understand how we got to this situation and what this might actually mean for markets in the global economy. Mr. Patterson, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. And welcome back to the show. I hope you're having a good start to the week. Hi, Jeffy. Yeah, thanks very much. All good on this side. Hope you're well, too. Okay, so Warren, let's start off with natural gas. And it's a bit surprising to note how important or how dire the situation might be. Help us understand how we got to this point and whether or not it's a supply issue and how difficult it really is proving to meet some of these demands as compared to the previous years. So there are a number of factors behind it. Um, Supply is certainly an aspect uh, with maintenance at a number of LNG facilities this year. Um, In addition, in Europe, there's also been pretty heavy maintenance um, from key supplier Norway, uh, whilst Russian gas flows to Europe are also uh, below 2019 levels. Um, In fact, if you look at Europe, it's heading into winter with the lowest natural gas storage levels um, in at least a decade. Uh, now, there's the demand side, too. Uh, we have seen demand recover as we've come out of the other side of COVID-19. Um, in China, uh, we continue to see very strong demand growth, uh, while we've also seen robust demand from other North Asian countries um, over the summer. Then in South America, we've also seen stronger demand for LNG from that region, um, with the region having gone through drought this year. Uh, and so they've had to rely more on LNG for power Uh, to offset the losses that we've seen from hydropower. Now, there's no simple solution to to resolving this tightness. Um, Unfortunately, there's not a switch we can flick on, um, which will lead to significant more supply. So it is looking as though the gas market will remain tight over over the northern hemisphere winter, uh, and that does suggest that prices will likely uh, remain elevated and volatile um, over the next few months. Um, I guess one factor which could take some pressure off prices is if we do see a milder winter uh, this year. You know, it's a little surprising because even last year there was talk about this global economic recovery and everyone was expecting that demand for some of these uh, energies uh, important to power like oil and natural gas, for instance, would also see a recovery in demand. Call me out if I'm wrong here, Warren, but it almost seems to me that it's just a matter of really turning on the taps and letting more natural gas flow out. Am I looking at it a too simplistic a matter? Is it more complicated than it might seem to a layman like myself? Uh, it's going to take some time, right? I, I think it, it, it's a lot more complicated than that. Okay. Um, with the with the current prices we're seeing, if producers could could just you know produce more, they would be doing it right now. Um, but as I said, we, we've had fairly heavy maintenance seasons um, in, in in a number of fields in, in Europe. Uh, we've had a number of outages on the LNG export side. 
and that's all helped to tighten up the, uh, tighten up the market quite considerably. But yeah, there's, there's no thick, a quick fix solution to, for, 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 for the market. Warren, let's talk about coal because it's interesting, particularly in the China context, a lot of their energy actually be still being generated by this fossil fuel. Help us understand why prices are spiking and what part the emission curbs initiatives on the mainland is playing in coal's current dynamics globally. Yeah, so for China, we've seen a large increase in power consumption this year. So if we look at government data over the first eight months of the year, uh, power consumption was up about 14% year on year. Um, but if we look at domestic coal output, that's only increased around 4% year on year over the same period. So coal output has struggled to keep up uh, due to strict safety measures that we've seen at, at domestic coal mines. Then at the same time, imports have struggled. Um, flows from Mongolia... They've been disrupted for much of the year due to, to COVID-19 restrictions, uh, whilst we've also had this continuation of the unofficial ban um, on Australian uh, coal imports into China. So that's really helped to also tighten up the market. Um, and I will say this probably this tighter coal market in there also explains why we've seen you know, quite a bit of strength in, in LNG demand from China this year. Now, as for trying to reduce emissions, I think this is more reflected in, in power usage caps that we've seen imposed on, on certain industries for large parts of the year. Um, local governments have been capping energy use by some heavy industry to try and meet uh, energy reduction targets. Uh, and, and, you know, it's pretty visible. This is something that we've seen with aluminium smelters mm-hmm. um, in certain regions for, for much of the year. How crucial are these two commodities, natural gas and coal, to the power needs of global consumers, both in terms of uh, what households need and also industries and various factories? And how bad can it actually get for the global economy if these shortages persist? Yeah, so coal and gas are key fuels for for power generation. I mean, globally, coal makes up around 40% of the power mix, whilst natural gas makes up around 26%. So so globally, two-thirds of power generation comes from these two sources. So certainly industries and households, they will feel the impact of stronger coal and gas prices uh, through higher electricity prices. Now, some countries who have capacity will also switch to other fuels for power generation. So, for example, uh, we have seen the likes of Pakistan and, and Bangladesh using more oil for power generation, given the very high, uh, very high LNG prices. It makes sense, right? I mean, if we mm-hmm. look at spot Asian LNG prices, they're trading at an oil equivalent of around $180 a barrel wow. compared, compared to Brent trading basically about $79 a barrel. Um, so if we do see severe power shortages elsewhere in the world, I imagine we could see similar, ac- similar action to what we've seen in China, um, where there, there, there is power rationing, um, particularly for, for energy-intensive industries. Mm-hmm. So Warren, you've referenced a while ago higher demand for natural gas in Latin America because of lower hydrogen hydropower output. Um, you know, we've also noted uh, in recent weeks that in the United Kingdom there's been power shortages because of low um, output from wind farms off of the coast of Britain. And we're also seeing that uh, this demand for natural gas is also happening at a time when economies are trying to become more serious about shifting to cleaner sources of fuel, like, say, LNG and nat gas. Do you think it's coincidental that this is happening, this shortage of natural gas is happening during these times? Or is this actually reflective of perhaps the growing pains and the complexities of actually shifting from dirtier fuels towards some of these cleaner um, sources of fuel, like, say, nat gas? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, there's going to be volatility with that transition, right? As you, as you pointed out, I mean, you know, sort of wind uh, power generation in the UK has been low. We've had 
lower hydro output from, from South America. We've also even seen lower hydro output from China this year. Um, so certainly that's going to add to volatility in power markets um, as, we, as we make that transition. And really, natural gas is that key transition fuel because obviously it, it does emit lower uh, carbon emissions than coal. Um, so I think that will be key, uh, the key sort of transitory fuel in, in the, the broader uh, global energy transition move. Finally, Warren, you know, it's seldom that uh, the ministerial meeting of OPEC and friends takes a backseat to other issues in the commodity space, but this power shortage really capturing a lot of risk concerns from investors across many asset classes. Nevertheless, OPEC Plus and their ministers are set to meet in a couple of hours later in Vienna, Austria. What are your expectations from the meeting, especially given there are uh, is a growing belief that uh, the tightening of global supplies for crude oil and the rec- oil demand recovery is happening at a faster clip than expected? Yeah, so obviously, you know, as you said, with gas to oil switching, you know, we are seeing... Uh, it's obviously pretty supportive for oil demand. Uh, and so the oil balance is tighter than what the market was originally expecting. And so with recent developments, I think it's almost guaranteed that that OPEC plus uh, will increase output by at least 400,000 barrels a day um, in November as planned. Um, it's very difficult in the current environment not to do so. Um, there's more uncertainty if they will do more. Um, OPEC Plus has been very cautious over the course of the deal, um, wanting to increase supply only if the demand is there. Um, however, saying that in the current price environment, there will certainly be calls from key consumers um, to increase output even more aggressively. Um, we've already seen in the U- seen the U.S. trying to pressure the group in recent months to increase output, uh, and if we see further strength in the market, uh, that pressure will, will only grow. So we, we believe that the market should be able to handle even more supply uh, than 400,000 barrels a day, quite easy, um, given that the market will be drawing down sizable, sizable inventories for, for the remainder of this year. But yeah, overall, expect at least a 400,000 barrel a day increase for November, uh, possibly a little bit more. Just very quickly, Warren, you know, with oil prices this high and recovering at this clip, do you think it might entice some of these affected shale oil producers in the U.S., perhaps join the fray and perhaps even start to turn on the taps and try and uh, benefit from these high prices? Or do you think it's a little bit uh, more complicated or more difficult for them to turn on the taps as they have as compared to, say, previous times? Yeah, it's, it's definitely proving to be a little bit more difficult. Um, current prices are, are basically a no-brainer for, for the U.S. industry. Um, but it does seem as though producers are focusing on um, shareholder returns, and so they're not just pumping everything they can. Um, saying that, though, we have seen quite a recovery in, in drilling activity um, since bottoming out last year. Um, but again, we're still well below pre, pre-COVID levels in terms of rig counts. Um, so we're looking at you know, pretty flat production this year, but going into 2022, that's where we do see a little bit more sizable supply growth coming from the U.S. So somewhere in the region you know, of 700,000 barrels a day of, of additional supply coming from there. Um, and that should help to improve uh, the supply and demand balances uh, for, for the oil market in 2022. Warren Patterson, Head of Commodity Strategy at ING, thank you so much for joining us today on Money FM 89.3 to talk about the state of energy markets and also to help us better understand the ongoing power shortages and crises that's hitting some of the major economies in the Northern Hemisphere. As always, Warren, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times. And we look forward to the next time you can join us in the show. Meanwhile, stay safe and hope you have a great week ahead. Thanks very much, JP. You too. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.